PR Pro Cannabis Media. Hi, everyone. I'm Elena Pinto for Pro Cannabis Media, and welcome to Weed Talk News. It was a big week for David Ortiz, also known as Big Poppy. Not only was the Red Sox legend inducted in Cooperstown at the Baseball Hall of Fame, but he also announced he was getting into the weed business with Revolutionary Clinics and Rev Brands. Turns out Big Poppy is a bit of a cannabis connoisseur and user for a long time. We're really proud to partner with Poppy to continue to bring the marvelous and healing cannabis plant, which is still so misunderstood, further into the light. David didn't make history, he changed history. And that's what we are trying to do now with cannabis. It's natural, it's recovery, it's wellness. People need to go dig down to understand you know, all the good things coming out of this. I mean, in my case, um, I was a guy that I used to go through a lot of pain. I retired because the pain was, I mean, crazy. And the combination of pain and stress is, is, is something that is, is out of control. You don't know how far that can go. In my case, um, a friend of mine came to me uh, a long time ago and, and was like, you need to try cannabis because uh, it's your body who needs it. Your body is talking to your body. And I was introduced in, uh, into it. And it's been magical, it's been magical, to be honest with you. People will want to know what to buy. What do you recommend? Oh, man, we got different choices. <laughs> <laughs> we got different choices. You know, I go down in the lab and, and put it together. Uh, we have a grower. I mean, they want to know me. Before we even start growing, they 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 want to know what my feelings are, what I'm looking for, you know, and all, all those kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I was able to, you know, exchange uh, mindset with them, and, and I hope everybody enjoy. Are you high right now? Do you wake and bake? What's your like? How do you get high? What do you like? <laughs> it's all depends, you know. I mean, it's all depends how I feel. It's all depends the moment, what I'm doing, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But uh, my my focus, the way that I, you know, deal with people, my kids, everybody, um, it's, it's different. It's more chill because I'm always on the wrong. Mm. I'm always rushing mm. out. I'm always, you know, you know, athletes. You know how we are. That never goes away. Seems like, but. Uh, uh, when I go down the flower, or, or when I use uh, um, arrows, it just it's back to what I like to be. Mm. You know. Do you have an edible story? <laughs> everybody has a, everybody has an edible story. David. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Sorry, David. You know what I'm talking about? Jimmy does know what he's talking about. And Rev Brands will be offering Ortiz's Sweet Sluggers, a pack of three pre-rolled blunts featuring some of Rev Brands' top strains, including Black Mamba, Lava Cake, Motor Breath, and Bootylicious. These will be available at Revolutionary Clinic's three medical dispensaries and at leading dispensaries in the Bay State. On the national scene, the U.S. House of Representatives has paved the way for cannabis advertisements on traditional TV and radio, but it still has to get through the Senate. And so far, no cannabis-related legislation has ever done that. 
That's not the only national story coming out of our nation's capital. That's where we find Vote Pro podcast Phil Adams. He has our DC Cannabis Report. Hi, I'm Phil Adams from Vote Pro Podcast, here with the Weed Talk News DC Report. The Biden administration is reportedly working on a prisoner exchange with the Russians to secure the release of WNBA star Brittany Griner, along with former Marine Paul Whelan. Against the recommendation of the Justice Department, the administration offered to release Victor Bout, a convicted Russian arms dealer serving a 25-year sentence in U.S. prison in exchange for the release of the two Americans. Greiner is currently on trial after being detained at a Moscow airport and charged with possession of cannabis oil. The State Department has since designated Greiner as wrongfully detained. Whalen was convicted in 2020 on espionage charges and is currently serving a 16-year prison sentence. Regarding the potential exchange, a Kremlin spokesman said this week, quote, so far, there is no agreement. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer this week defended his bill to federally legalize marijuana, rejecting prohibitionist arguments that legalizing cannabis would lead to an increase in crime. At a press briefing, Schumer said, quote, the overwhelming evidence from the states that have legalized cannabis is that there has not been an increase in crime and has not been an increase in drug use. Last week, Schumer, along with Democratic colleagues Ron Wyden and Cory Booker, formally introduced the Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act in the Senate. Despite Schumer's assurances, however, the prevailing expectation among lawmakers and advocates is that the CAOA will probably not be enacted this year, since most GOP senators, as well as some Democrats, will likely oppose the bill. A bipartisan cannabis research bill was passed in the House this week. The Medical Marijuana and Cannabidiol Research Expansion Act was approved overwhelmingly and, and is expected to pass the Senate in the coming days. If it does, it will be the first standalone cannabis reform legislation ever to reach the president's desk. The bill would streamline the process for researchers to study cannabis, which has been made difficult by its classification as a Schedule I drug. In addition, the legislation would encourage the Food and Drug Administration to develop cannabis-derived medicines. Legislation sponsored by Democrat Earl Blumenauer and Republican Andy Harris was approved by a vote of 325 to 95. That's this week's Weed Talk News from Around the Beltway. I'm Phil Adams from Vote Pro Podcast. Weed Maps is now called WM Technologies, but they are still one of the top online locators to find weed in the US. But for the second time in four years, a state and federal complaint has been filed for advertising illegal legacy products on their website. MJ Biz Daily first reported this story and Weed Maps has not responded since they have not seen the complaints yet. The complaints were filed by Los Angeles-based Canex to California's Regulatory Commission and to the SEC. Four years ago, a similar complaint was filed against Weed Maps, and there was never a fine or any other punishments to the publicly traded company once the site deleted those ads. We want to note that the incident happened before Weed Maps became publicly traded, so now the SEC is involved. When it comes to the big business of cannabis, we are lucky to have Deborah Borchardt reporting the Green Market Report every week. I'm Deborah Borchardt from the Green Market Report, and this is the business update for We Talk News. We are just starting to get some earnings numbers, and to be honest, folks, they're not the best. 
First up, Tilray. While the big Canadian company reported $153 million in sales for the fourth quarter, that was only a little better than the third quarter sales of $152 million. So not much growth happening there. And then the company also handed in a whopping net loss of $457 million. Now, the owner of ZigZag Papers also reported their earnings this week, Turning Point Brands. They said that their sales dropped 16% in its second quarter to $102 million. The company said it's really struggling with its vape category. And then finally, former Cresco Labs co-founder Joseph Caltabiano decided to close his SPAC, which is a special purpose acquisition corp, choice consolidation and return the investor's money. It had raised $172.5 million, but they couldn't find a good target for the money. He did say he expects he may come back and try again and raise some more money, but this time he says he's going to probably buy some distressed companies at cheaper prices. And I would say with the way things are going, he's probably right. And this has been your business update from the Green Market Report. One state in the South that has always resisted cannabis reform is Kentucky. And now their governor, Andy Bashir, sees an opportunity to introduce legislation that would establish a medical cannabis program for his state. According to the governor, 90% of adults in that state support a medical cannabis program. One who does not, however, is the state majority leader in their Senate. Republican Damon Thayer has blocked these reforms since 2016. No such issues, though, in Michigan. That state has other issues, though. One person who has been around that scene for years is the Michigan Normals Executive Director, Rick Thompson, and here he is. Hello again. This is the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson on Weed Talk News. Let's begin. The three citizens in Arkansas are suing four companies in federal court, asserting that the four are conspiring to inflate THC numbers in order to increase marketability of their product. The four companies include Steep Hill Labs and three cultivators. The lawsuit accuses the group of a RICO conspiracy, stating the lab has been, and this is a quote, overrepresenting the amount of THC in flour to the detriment of the plaintiff and class so that Steep Hill, the cultivators, and the dispensaries can make more money, end quote and that was taken directly from the lawsuit. The three people are all medical marijuana patients, and they believe the deceptive claims put them at risk. And in a RICO suit, any financial award made by the court is tripled. So the consequence of losing this case could be a very stiff penalty indeed to those four companies. Now, there's clearly a Michigan parallel here with the Viridis lab scandal raging. Now, until a federal judge makes a ruling on this RICO charge against Steep Hill and the others, it's unclear if a similar action in Michigan would yield any results at all. The Cannabis Regulatory Agency has awarded this year's $20 million in research grants empowered by the taxation of cannabis sales in Michigan. The winners were Wayne State University and the University of Michigan. Wayne State received full funding for two of their research projects, and the university received about 75% of the amount they had requested. A total of five entities submitted proposals by the April 1st deadline. U of M will study the use of CBD in pain management 
for the express purpose of reducing veteran suicide. The Wayne State University projects include a large-scale clinical trial for THC and CBD in veterans with PTSD and a continuing study on how cannabis reduces neuroinflammation and therefore reduces suicide ideation in veterans. This is the last year in which the $20 million in funding is available as per the language of the legalization ballot proposal. If future research is to be funded with cannabis dollars, that authorization would have to come from Michigan's legislature. Oh, and there's more news this week of companies closing down cannabis businesses here in Michigan. And we already told you about Loom Cannabis's shuttering of four stores in the state. And now Common Citizen and their sister company, Live, have closed their Battle Creek store completely. The Flint Common Citizen store is open for deliveries only, but no retail transactions at all. Common Citizen laid off almost 100 people at their Marshall Cultivation Facility. In a statement, Common Citizen identified these stores as underperforming and promised to finish with opening two new stores, which had already been in the works. This comes at a time when cannabis retail pricing is at a historic low point and new cannabis-friendly cities are becoming hard to find. And that's it for the Michigan Report with Rick Thompson on Weed Talk News. It's taken a while, but this past week, South Dakota finally opened its first medical cannabis dispensary. It's called Unity Road, and they are only selling pre-rolls and a limited flower because of the lack of product in a state that just started growing. You might remember that voters in that state made some history when they voted for both a medical and an adult use program. The Republican governor there, Christy Nome, challenged the adult use part of the ballot question and stopped it. Now the people will be able to get their medicinal cannabis until they run out of their supply. Well, there's no such problem in another medical-only state, Pennsylvania. Here's the Keystone State Report with Claudia Post. I'm Claudia Post from Scarlet Express, and I'm here in the Keystone State, Pennsylvania, reporting for We Talk News. First up, price gouging by medical cannabis providers was called out by the Cannabis Business Times after it was shown that providers were not passing wholesale savings down to patients. As the wholesale price for dry flour fell, by 37.6%, retail prices only fell by 10%. Aha, who'd have thunk it? Hanging Gardens, a Johnstown, Pennsylvania-based medical marijuana cultivator, is laying off dozens of staffers, blaming lax state regulations and the deep pockets of multi-state marijuana operators. I think I see a trend here uh, with the, uh, you know, the MSOs and makes me sad. We don't want to squeeze anybody out. You know, everybody has a, has to have a chance to make some money. So this continues a trend of recent layoffs across the country where several companies have let dozens of workers go as the marijuana market experiences the typical volatility of a nascent industry. Yes, we are new. And there you go. And the last tidbit for today is, if you think that you could buy, or if you thought that you could buy edibles in the state of Pennsylvania, think again, 
they're illegal here. Pennsylvania is just so far behind. So that's a wrap from Pennsylvania. I'm Claudia Post from Scarlet Express, and I'll be back next week to talk about what's hot and what's not in Pennsylvania. From We Talk News, have a fabulous week. The Show Me State of Missouri has a vibrant medical program, but a group called Legal Missouri 2022 has been actively trying and campaigning to get enough signatures on November's ballot for adult use. They are just short. Brandon Jones has the details on what has so far been the challenge for reform in that state. Hey everybody, Brandon Jones again from Distribution Maven with Missouri Canners Report for Weed Talk News. And yeah, Legal Mode 22 has been working diligently to try to get everything passed. They've actually got over 400,000 signatures, but the way it breaks down, it's actually done by district. So we have two districts that are actually lacking the signatures necessary. So there's 1,131 signatures short in the sixth district, the sixth congregational district, which is right between Kansas City and the Iowa border. And then another 1,144 in the seventh congregational district, which is between Missouri and Springfield and Joplin. So if you're in those areas, please get out, get your vote, get your signatures in. Like I said, it's crazy. We have over 400,000 signatures for the actual you know, initiative to, put, to get it put on the ballot. But because we're short in two significant just districts, they're not going to put it on. So we need to find a way to get out there, get your signatures in. Obviously, Legal Mode 2022 is putting out a lot of people in those areas to try to see if we can get some more signatures. But yeah, it's kind of crazy that it's done for, for actual district, not for the state. So we're really hard working here to try to get the signatures because we definitely want recreational passed. Uh, but as you can tell, the like they said, the booming market is here for medicinal more and more uh, multiple state operators are coming in. As we've seen, the cookies or uh, location is just opening here in St. Louis. And Burner is actually going to be coming out and giving a giveaway to the first three people in line. They have like a fun giveaway hangout with him. He's bringing the tour bus to St. Louis and he's going to be there on August 6th. So that's a crazy thing happening out here in St. Louis with cookies. And then Rove, another huge MSO out of California has been here for about two or three months now as well. So even though recreational isn't here yet, we're still seeing more and more multi-state operators coming to Missouri just because of the just booming market here for medicinal. So we're really hopeful that we can get the signature so that we need necessary for it to be put on the ballot here in November. So if you're in those areas, please reach out. If you're in neighboring areas, get out there, help support. Let's just try to find a way to get this on the ballot. So again, I'm Brandon Jones from Distribution Maven of the Missouri Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. Here in the Bay State of Massachusetts, the big story in cannabis is all about Big Poppy. We already told you the story about David Ortiz's deal with Rev Brands to distribute his Sweet Sluggers pre-rolls. And with more from the Bay State, here's PCM founder Jimmy Young filling in for our regular Massachusetts correspondent, Tori Chamberlain, who is on assignment. I'm Jimmy Young, founder of Pro Cannabis Media, and this is the Massachusetts Cannabis Report, sponsored by Holyoke Cannabis. Now, as we told you at the top of this program, Big Poppy, David Ortiz, had a really big week. He gets inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame, throws out the first pitch for his old Red Sox team, and the next day announces he's getting into the cannabis business. The deal David signed is with Revolutionary Clinics, a medical dispensary with three locations around Boston, and also with Rev Brands Wholesale. That division sells products into the over 230 adult use stores around the state. 
Now, you can find some of Rev's best flour in Ortiz's three-pack of pre-roll blunts that he calls sweet sluggers. Everyone who has gone through the rigorous process of applying for an adult-use retail license in this state knows obtaining the host community agreement is the first big step in gaining licensure. The Stone's Throw Group, led by attorney Blake Mensing and financial consultant David Rabinovitz, gained their HCA from the city of Boston this week. The key to this unanimous approval by the Boston Council was the fact that this dispensary will be totally operated entirely by social equity applicants who came out of workshop training with David and with Blake. The dispensary will be open across the street from South Station in Boston at 727 Atlantic Ave. Another issue when you open a dispensary in Massachusetts or other states is that many towns and cities put cannabis businesses way out in an industrial park. Well, that's the situation in Attleboro. It's a battle of two dispensaries in Attleboro, as Zahara opened right down the street from Nova Farms. And sure enough, they put you across the street from another dispensary. Is there a spirit of collaboration or competition going on? Uh, that's a really good question. Right now, it, it, it feels like a little bit of competition from one side. Uh, we'd like more collaboration uh, because I think the collaboration would be uh, go a long way. And, uh, and just let the folks go wherever they feel most comfortable uh, shopping. Let the product decide. Let the, let the product decide. The interior of Zahara is immaculate with a wide variety of cannabis items complete with joint rolling tips. Having two dispensaries in the same area on the same street doubles your pleasure, doubles your fun in Attleboro. I've known both these stores and each has their own unique charm and products. Check them out. I'm Jimmy Young with the Massachusetts Cannabis Report for Weed Talk News. Bay State Cannabis Report is supported by Holyoke Cannabis, Holyoke's finest cannabis recreational experience. We have two new members to the Weed Talk News team, both with international roots. Danny Oberman is from Israel, and that country has always been on the forefront for research and development. And now they are entering the export market as Europe continues to accept the plant medicine. So here is Danny Oberman's first report from the Golan Heights in Israel. Hi, this is Danny Oberman from B2B Khan reporting to you for We Talk News. Uh, I'm like, we're here in Israel overlooking the Sea of Galilee in the Golan Heights, and I'm here with a family family doing some glamping. Uh, last week, the Israeli Ministry of Health uh, reported on the amount of cannabis being imported to Israel. And Israel, Israel has about 115,000 licensed cannabis users. We only have medicinal cannabis here. And uh, over 17 tons of cannabis were imported primarily from Canada into Israel in the first six months of 2022. The second uh, largest uh, company supplying Israel is Portugal. The Israeli cannabis growers, and there are about 50 of them, uh, licensed growers are in a total panic because the product coming in is of excellent quality and very competitive with pricing. Why is this important for, Amer for the American cannabis uh, producer to know? This is what could be a similar scenario to what happens when cannabis is federally legalized in the United States. Uh, I'm getting calls from growers around the world asking if they can uh, ship their product to Israel. Uh, and 
so we'll see how this unfolds. Uh, I'll continue updating you. This is Danny Oberman, B2B Khan, We Talk News. Have a great weekend. The other new member to the We Talk News reporting staff is Debbie Facey, a freelance writer for HighCanada.com, one of the most established pro-cannabis publications in the legal country. So here's Debbie's first report. Hi there, this is Debbie Facey from High Canada Magazine, and I am your new Canadian correspondent for Weed Talk News Report. This week in Canada, we had a great rise compared to last month in numbers when it came to our retail cannabis sales. We also have an amazing exhibit which is going on in commemoration of Bob Marley, which is not only representing his wise words, his music, but as well as the culture that he has not only instilled, but is still instilling with us today. And on top of that, we have a fourth farm gate that is coming to the market, or I should say coming to Ontario in late September 22. And it's going to be part of the successful pilot project that started in 2019 that was supposed to mimic the concept of the farm to table that is used in restaurants, but in cannabis, it is harvest to harvest a customer, I should say. Once again, this is Debbie Facey from High Canada Magazine with your Canadian news report for Weed Talk News. Finally tonight, the challenges of Delta 8 continue. When the Farm Bill passed in December of 2018, many farmers turned their attention toward growing hemp. It had less than 0.3% of THC and many shrewd growers and entrepreneurs jumped on the various CBD compounds that can be sold across state lines and just about everywhere. Well, there have been a few issues with this because some states have legalized it and some states have banned it. So yes, it gets you high and the FDA has not approved it. So if you have to take a drug test, you don't want to have Delta-8 THC in your system. So now, thanks to the new findings presented at the annual Scientific and Clinical Lab Expo, there is a drug test that can differentiate between the two cannabinoids. Well, now what? So with the U.S. Senate considering cannabis reform at the federal level, the issue of Delta-8 is still on the agenda at the FDA. Hopefully, our elected officials will be able to figure out a way to safely infuse these products for the public. But many in the industry are not holding their breath, unless they just took a bong hit. That's Weed Talk News this week. I'm Elena Pinto for Pro Cannabis Media. And remember, it's a whole new world of weed out there. Get educated about responsible use. Be safe. Have fun. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, this is Cheryl Murray Powell Esquire, and I'm the host of the Terps in the City podcast. I am a cannabis agricultural dietary supplement and trade attorney. I'm also a hemp farmer, and I've been recently named to the list of High Times Magazine's top 100 influencers in cannabis. I'm inviting you to follow me along my journey as I move back to New York to support the adult use market there. You're going to get a chance to listen to conversations with some of my friends along the way. 
I look forward to seeing you at Terps in the City. See you next time.